0: most of the really wonderful memories that we created as a family when my children were young were on these epic camping trips. We would take our kids, this is when they were elementary, middle school, to the national parks. And my kids had to put up with me, I had this habit, that as we would drive from one park to the other, I would read them interesting things about the park we were going to. That sound like fun? And my favorite thing was to read to them about the hikes that we might be able to take in, the, in these parks. Problem was they were really too young for many of the hikes. And then there came that summer when we were in Rocky Mountain National Park and the kids were finally old enough that we decided we could do a real hike. You guys know the hike to Bear Lake in Rocky Mountain National Park. Some of you have done it. It's not a difficult hike. But it was our first big hike as a family. Now, I had done my reading, and I knew that the enemy of a really wonderful family hike is dehydration, right? So I loaded up my husband, Al, with six quarts of water, right? And we started down the trail. And then, this is the most annoying part of all, every 50 yards, I would stop and say, kids, are you thirsty yet? Well, you'll be happy to know that no one got dehydrated on this, you know, hike. Al threw his back out because of the water. Everyone had to rush to the bathroom when we got back, but no one got dehydrated. And I still get teased about that, are you thirsty yet, comment over and over again. Dehydration is serious, dangerous, and it sneaks up on you. And maybe that's the reason that water and dehydration are metaphors for God and God's relationship to God's people throughout all of Scripture. From the very beginning in the book of Genesis, when water is harnessed and contained for the good of humanity, all the way to the end of Scripture, the book of Revelation, where the final metaphor is this river of water, living water flowing in the streets of the New Jerusalem. Through the whole of Scripture, water is a metaphor for God's power, God's presence, God's guidance. And dehydration is a metaphor for the human condition, for brokenness, for sin, for separation from God. Just think of that beautiful passage Kevin read us for a few minutes ago from the prophet Isaiah. God speaks to the people in, through that prophet in the most difficult of their situation, the lowest point in their life together. And God says, hey, I'm going to do a new thing. I found a new way to reach out, a new way to redeem. Can you hear it? Can you see it? Can you perceive it? And then he says, I am going to create a river in the wasteland of your ruined nation. I'm going to bring water into the desert of your hopelessness. It's almost as if through the prophet, God is saying to those weary, dried out people, are you thirsty yet? And then 600 years later, after the prophet Isaiah, Jesus walks into the Samaritan city of Sychar. He walks into a well known watering hole named Jacob's Well. And Jesus knows the words of the prophet Isaiah. Jesus knows the promise of God's living water, which can redeem and save. And so, he does an unlikely thing. When he gets to this well, he asks a Samaritan woman to give him a drink. Listen now to this familiar story from the fourth chapter of the Gospel of John. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. And the woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us this well, and his sons, and his flocks who drank from it? And Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Then the woman left her jar. She went back to the city. She said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? And they left the city and were on their way to see him. This is the word of the Lord. Did you hear that woman's bewilderment and confusion when she was approached by Jesus? How is it that you ask me, a woman of Samaria, for a drink? You see, she knows the way things are. She knows how faithful Jews feel about Samaritans. She knows her place as a woman, invisible, not to be spoken to. Yes, she knows the way of things, so imagine her astonishment when Jesus effectively tells her that she and the world around her are suffering from dehydration, separation from God and God's power, and that He, Jesus, knows the source of living water, the antidote to the way things are, the antidote to sin, the antidote to hatred and the divisions that have historically separated Samaritans and Jews, the antidote to death itself. Those who drink the water I will give will never be thirsty. The water I give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. Jesus looks at that woman, and I swear you can almost hear him saying to her, Are you thirsty yet? Dehydration is dangerous. It does sneak up on you. The young person who can't seem to find herself or her place in the world drinks from many wells and searches for answers, for power, for sustenance in all kinds of places. And that one will rarely recognize the gnawing emptiness that they feel as spiritual dryness a desert of purpose and meaning that only God can make blossom. Are you thirsty yet? Jesus asks. Dehydration is dangerous, it sneaks up on us. And a middle-aged person can begin to recognize cynicism and apathy creeping into their soul. It comes with a, a bit of a loss of joy for living, maybe little less generosity of spirit. But this one knows the way of the world. He knows how things are, knows that life's not fair, that the good gets stepped on, that some things just have to be accepted, right? Some things just can't be redeemed, can't be changed, right? Sometimes it is too late, just too late for something new to happen, something new to be created, right? And this one will rarely see their attitude as a dried-up soul. And Jesus says, are you thirsty yet? Dehydration is dangerous and it sneaks up on you. And the one who has been hurt and wounded, deeply wounded, by those they love, those they trust, Those that have taken advantage of them, they get smart. They pull in. They protect their feelings. They protect their heart. It's better not to be vulnerable, better not to put yourself out there, better not to love. And when life gets lonely or shallow, this one rarely understands their problem as a withering spirit. And Jesus says, are you thirsty yet? Dehydration is dangerous and it sneaks up on you. And the church, the church struggles with conflict, whispered talk behind the backs of brothers and sisters in Christ, lack of commitment, competing agendas. And the church seems to know how to solve these problems. We'll spend more money, we'll work harder. We'll start new programs, we'll change the staff, we'll change the worship service, we'll just change denominations. And in congregation after congregation, God's people wither and they dry up. Disconnected from God and the God-ordained source of power and nourishment and direction. And Jesus asks the church, are you thirsty yet? Friends, this morning, our sermon series on the most interesting man in the world, it comes to a close. Jesus' pronouncements from John's gospel have been our guide. I am, said Jesus, bread, light, the way, the vine, the resurrection, the good shepherd. Each of these pronouncements, an invitation, an invitation to clarity, to peace, to purpose, to nourishment, an invitation to life fuller and richer than we can ask or imagine. And this morning's story is no different because Jesus sits there across from a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well, a well that has quenched the thirst of God's people for generations, and He says to her, I have water. I have water to give. I have water to satisfy every thirst. I have water that will well up in you and well up in your community and bring abundant and eternal life. What an invitation. And just a little later in the gospel, in the seventh chapter of John, Jesus makes that same invitation, but this time it's in the temple in front of everybody at the Festival of the Booths. It's the last great day of that festival, the day that water is just dramatically poured out over the altar. And Jesus takes that moment to proclaim, let anyone who is thirsty come to Me, and let the one who believes in Me drink. As the Scripture has said, out of the believer's heart, shall flow rivers of living water." Rivers of living water. Are you thirsty yet? Friends, here's the point. (laughs) Our dehydration, it matters to God. It matters so much that God sent the Son, our Savior, into the world to bring us living water. That is water for every thirst, water for every desert we may wander into, water for every boat we might have to take, water for every cleansing we might need. And God comes again and again saying, are you thirsty yet? Remember the source of living water. Drink deeply, be refreshed, be filled, and then, my friends, watch out. Watch out, because when our dehydration is taken care of, we can finally live and act, and serve as God intends. The prophet Isaiah said, I give drink to my people so that they will declare my praise. And Jesus offers a Samaritan woman living water so that she leaves her water drawer and immediately goes to tell the good news. She's the first evangelist to the Samaritans. So watch out, God's living water nourishes and empowers us, yes, Jesus offers what we most thirst for, yes, but for a purpose, for a reason. God fills and nourishes us so that we can fulfill our calling, so that we can become the people, families, community, and church of living water for this hurting, dried-up world. Could your life, your family, your friends use the living water of God's Spirit and mercy kind of bubbling and running up through your life, then accept Jesus' invitation. The holy season of Lent begins this week, and this Wednesday we are going to take the sign of the ashes. It's a way of admitting our spiritual dryness. And then we'll begin a 40-day journey, allowing God to form us into vessels for living water. So don't miss it. (laughs) Join us in worship, in Lenten classes and experiences. Join us in using the personal journal that we created for you. All of this designed to help you understand your thirst for God and to reconnect you to that source of strength and power. So my friends, are you thirsty yet? We are called to be an oasis, a cool drink of water, a refreshing touch of grace in the desert. And that will only happen if we answer Jesus' question, are you thirsty yet, with a resounding yes. It'll only happen if we allow our lives to flourish, not to wither and shrink for lack of God's grace. It'll only happen when we run to and jump into the river of God's activity and mercy. Are you thirsty yet? Are you thirsty? Let's take the jump.